Marlene Dietrich said, There's a gigantic difference between earning a great deal of money and being rich. Tony Robbins once said, People who succeed have momentum. The more they succeed, the more they want to succeed. And the more they find a way to succeed. Similarly, when someone is failing, the tendency is to get on a downward spiral that can even become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Zig Ziglar said, You can get everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Zig Ziglar said, Your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. happen this is episode number 188 we are going to do things a little differently today we are going to replay all the old uh, some of the clips from our older guests that is coming i just want to do a little refresher and talk about what these great guests had something to say clip number one Right now, this is Mario Mendes. Mario tells a story about how he went from being a personal trainer to a nutritionist and started meal prepping for clients. And when he tried to call to place a reorder, he didn't get any orders refilled. He learned how to take a problem and come up with a solution. Let's listen to this clip with Mario Mendes. So now you, so then you, you thought about it. You wanted to go be a personal trainer. So how did the personal trainer? led into nutrition or is it just because it goes hand in hand great question sam when you're training people you get them great results mm -hmm. and after being a trainer for a while what trainers figure out is you got to do two things you have to work out you have to have some type of working out whether it's weight training yoga it could be vigorous vacuuming right uh -huh. but you got to push your muscles and if you want to get results you got to make sure you're eating right you could actually say that nutrition is 80% of your results. But nutrition's like having a bunch of wood. If you don't have any flame to start off the wood, you're never gonna get a fire. So nutrition's important. Training, some type of physical activity, even running, is just as important. So 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 that's why you got into my fit food. I was um one day I was on the floor uh -huh. and I was observing everyone. And I just had a big aha moment. And it was all these individuals are working hard. They're paying a lot of money to go to a gym. Some of them have trainers. And think about all the time that we spend working out. Mm -hmm. Why? Is it so we can work out for one hour so we can go eat pizza? That's not why. We're working out because we want to feel good. We want to look good. We want to get stronger. And I just thought, why isn't there one place in the U.S. we can go to where we can get healthy, affordable, and tasty food, Sam? Right. So, and then... And then so did you start meal prepping yourself or did you just go open up a business? What, 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 what did you do? That was great. Um, there's this defense attorney in Houston. His name is Dan Corrigan. Good guy. And uh, he had four secretaries. And so I decided to meal prep and I made all the food in my house. Mm -hmm. and I was really excited. And this is, uh, you know, like lesson 101, right? So I brought them all their meal prep. They paid me the $5 a meal. I, mean, I went to Kroger's and I was buying the, you know, the chicken from Kroger's and the rice. Five days later, I call the ladies up. Hey, can I get a reorder? Crickets. No one calls me back. I leave voice messages. I went into his place a week later and I said, 
why aren't you reordering? You told me you want to be healthy. You told me you want to, you want to lose body fat. You know, let, let's do this. And the lady, she goes, Mario, I just got to tell you, your food sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was lesson number one is, okay, I'm going to do this no matter what. Food must be tasty, otherwise people won't buy it. And I think that's probably one of the things we could talk about today too is failure. Failure is a good thing if you're going to take failure and you're going to learn from it and you're going to move on, Sam. Mm -hmm. And you're like, with your business, you've had many failures, but you figured out when you have a failure, how to take that problem and not dwell on the problem, but how to come up with a solution. Right. You know? And once you came up with a solution, look at you. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that was failure number one. Oh yeah, the lady good. said the food sucked. It's tasteless. Yes, and and I'm I mean you know I've bought some meal preps before from people right, mm -hmm. and it sucks. Right, and 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 when I was walking to your kitchen last week and you were showing me all the spices, and I'm like, well that's how I cook, right? I have to spice my food, and I mean I like spices and spices, you know, flavor your food makes it not boring, doesn't make it bland. So let's go back over here. So you know back to the. After the ladies, the receptionist and the secretary said, mm -hmm. food sucks. What do you do? Ah, I talk to everybody about it. So if I don't have an answer to a problem, I talk about it. And I talked to three people. Oh, well, that sucks. That sucks. That sucks. I was getting my haircut at uh, Studio 21 by Kurt Keener. And we're talking about it. And he goes, hey, I know a lady and she cooks uh, soul food. She's working at McDonald's right now. She's probably making two hours an hour or $200 a week, he goes, offer her a, a job for $250. You'll, she'll spice up your food. Uh -huh. So I met her. Uh -huh. I offered her a job. She took it on. And that was lesson number two is you don't have to do everything yourself, but you got to surround yourself with people who know how to get things done. And she made the food taste good. And my first six meals, they were horrible, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, lean lemon turkey, that was a creation. I lucked into it. You know, and that's just from trying different recipes. But she she helped out a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, now, so so that's so you got this lady now. Mm -hmm. Now she's cook. Now she's helping you cook, making the food taste good. What do you do next? <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of funny. This is a good one, man. Uh, she's working me for about four months, uh -huh. and she was having a hard time. She's making more money at McDonald's. Well. I guess, you know, a lesson here is pay your employees well. All right. Back then, I didn't have much money. So I was paying people seven, eight dollars cash. I'm still working as a trainer full time. You know, so you're trainer 50 hours a week, you're the entrepreneur 40 hours a week. And she ended up quitting. Uh huh. And the food was inconsistent, the product was inconsistent. And what I learned was that I just had to pay people more money, man. Mm -hmm. And back then, $10 an hour cash was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. And, and I did that. And um, the food became more consistent. I couldn't afford it. Like, I, I honestly couldn't afford it as a trainer, but it was the right thing to do. And that worked out for us. So going from an apartment kitchen to a catering kitchen, and in this catering kitchen, we used to cook from 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Mm. That was our hours of cooking. You know, it's it's really like a story of, starting off a business maybe the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But I think when you start off a business the wrong way, you learn all your lessons and you learn the hard lessons. And that pretty much embeds in your DNA and creates a some good lessons. Right. Learning. So so now you you hire people, you're in a commercial kitchen, 
mm-hmm. working 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. Where does my fit food come in, in the equation? Ah, great question. Did that for about a year, and I realized that it was a dead end. We were only cooking two times a week. Mm-hmm. And from there, we were able to get we were able to get our first retail location on Shepherd and Westheimer. I remember that location. Yeah. Uh, great original location. Uh, that know, was next to Churrasco's, right? It's or close to Churrasco's. Right across the street from Churrasco's. Right, right across the street, correct, right. Sam. You know, I had to ask that landlord, Basm, great dude, gave me a shot. I had to ask him to give me that location 10 times. And it was the 10th time I went in there. He just said, you're not going to stop bugging me, are you? And I said, Basm, did you come for money? He goes, no. I said, did, did a, another person ever give you a shot coming up? And he looked at me, he goes, yeah. I said, I'm asking you for my shot, man. Give me this location. Give me a chance. And he gave us a chance, and we got our first retail location. And that's, so that's, and you named it My Fit Food. Correct. How did you come up with My Fit Foods? I mean, it's, it's a really good name, right? Thanks. Yeah. Thank so you. How did you come up with that name? Um, <laughs> you know, they say you should never talk bad about other people. Mm-hmm. That's usually like someone prefaces that before they talk bad. But we're just going to say, I used to work with another chef and I was a trainer who didn't even want to get in the food business. So this chef, it was the chef's name. I said, here'd be a great name for you. The chef's name, Fit Foods. That individual ended up saying, thank you for the business. Thank you for the clients. Don't want to be partners with you. It's like, all right, cool. Kind of my concept, like 100% my concept. And when I went back and I was talking to one of my mentors, uh, one of the guys I trained, and that's, that's where I got a lot of business acumen was from people that I trained. Mm-hmm. And he just said, you know, Mario, you need to do this business again. You need to do it 100%. You have a business. And he goes, just, you're going to have to do the, the hard work yourself. You can't just show up and be the salesperson. You're going to have to get in the kitchen. You're going to have to go to the grocery store and pick up the food. Like, you're going to have to do everything. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it one day. I was like, you know what? He's right. This is my fit foods. And then it hit me. I was like, this is awesome. Because when you take your food home, Sammy, and someone goes to grab one of your meals, what do you say? Hey, that's my fit food. food. And I just love that name because that's really what I want for my fit foods is I want all of us to take ownership of my fit foods. I want clients to take ownership of my fit foods. I want trainers and healthcare professionals to take ownership of my fit foods. My fit foods is here for a reason. And my dream, healthy, tasty, affordable food for people. That way, everybody can be healthy if they want to. So my Fit Foods, that's our company. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your company, my company. So so that's where my Fit Foods come in, you know, merely by accident almost, you can say. Yes. The name, yeah. Yeah. Because it was the chef's name, Fit Foods, and then mm-hmm. they're like, it's my Fit Foods and my Fit Foods and kind of went together. People think I'm a really smart individual. I'm not. I get lucky a lot. And, um, you know, I pay a lot of attention. I try to listen really good. Yeah, well, that's good. But, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. The next clip is with Washington Ho. Washington Ho talks about his father, three Ds of life, which consists of decisions, determination, and discipline. Washington explains them like his father explained it to him. Without further ado, let's listen to this clip with Washington Ho. Um, You know the guys that founded Houston, it was founded based on one thing. 
the discovery of oil, right? And that's how the economy was found. So a lot of times, you know, I used to play this trick when I was younger, right? Because my dad would always give me the great foods, the, the, the good stuff. And he's like, why do you have to teach that guy about foie gras if he doesn't know foie gras? Yeah. It's like, if you say something's human, huh, no one comes and you're making all the money. But like, it takes a creative to tell it in a way that the world can, can communicate now, yeah. which is we're Houston, we're open for business and it's easy to do. And there's a reason why we're called the energy capital world. The human energy here inspires and aspires. And my father creating the small business administration program with his bank was the way that he could help educate his community. And, and, and he loves the city and I love it. And the humidity is what makes this town special. You know, you, you talk highly about your dad. I mean, you've talked several times in this interview. Tell us, like, so, and I know your dad is a big, big time entrepreneur and he has a lot going on. Tell us a little bit about your dad, if you don't mind. He's like, a, well, what is he doing now? I mean, I, I, we understand where yeah. his past. Tell he's, us what is he doing now? He's always cool, calm, and collected. Nothing makes him excited. Nothing makes him, you know, he's just one step forward a day. Uh, very uh, loving guy. Uh, he loves to party, loves to have a good time. But what he does is he gets his shit done before he parties. Um, and the discipline. He has a lot of discipline. Um, you know, he talks about the three Ds of life. One, decision. So everybody wakes up, they have to make a decision for the day. Number two is there will always be something that gets in your way, but you have to have determination. So don't, once you make the decision though, you've already knocked out like 85% of the equation. So just keep going. And three is discipline, because while you're determined, you have to be focused on your original thesis and stick back to that. And when you do that, and you do that consistently daily, just with one step forward, you're going to get to where you need to be and where your family hopes to be. Man, that's awesome. That, that is a smart guy right there. Decision, determination, and discipline. I mean, yeah, you have to take a decision. You have to stick with it, and and you know, and then you gotta be disciplined enough to make sure you carry it. So that's perfect. Yeah, I love it. he says, don't ever hope that you're right, because as long as you do the three Ds, at least you know that you went out swinging the way that. Because if you're not doing the three Ds, you don't learn much, because mm -hmm. you start getting a little wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. You know, this network tells you this, or that network tells you that. No, what did you say in the beginning? It's right there in your head. The next one is with Mark Hernandez. In this clip, Mark speaks on how he was having lunch with his construction crew when this older guy asked him a question. Why are you here? From that moment, from that moment forward, Mark's life changed because of the question. Listen to the story on how Mark met his mentor and how he changed his life. And so one day we're having lunch. Us Hispanics, Sam, we like to put our... our, our our meals in the middle and we like to share you, you may bring tacos i may i may bring enchiladas and somebody bring a salsa we all share so one day we're having lunch at a construction site at a construction site you know in a in a tent and we have our, our meals in the middle of the table and uh there's this one man we call him don oliver now we gave him his his name is oliver so we, we, when we when you put don in front from a hispanic perspective that's respect 
-hmm. He was the maestro, the, the, the one person who has the knowledge, training, experience, and he can lead a crew to kick butt and take names. Mm -hmm. He was the leader of the crew. He was the leader of the crew. 54 years old, man, beautiful hazel green eyes. He cannot work a 20-year-old. That that's, dude was bad. Dude was bad. And so I reached over, and I grabbed a taco, and um, don't ever looks at me. You know, again, this is probably like six, seven years into into building scaffolds with the company. He looks at me, he leans over, and he says, Mark, in Spanish, Mark, ¿qué estás haciendo aquí? Mark, what are you doing here? The question went over my head, and I said, please pass the salsa. <laughs> See, when you don't know, things easily pass over your head, huh? Yeah. See, that's why you can't just have hustle. You have to have knowledge. And so he, I loved his intention. I loved, I love how he, he just kept on. He just say, dude, don't get it. And slammed him. Dude, don't, don't understand what I'm trying to go. He just closed me off. Far too often we do that, you know, with individuals. They didn't get it. They don't know where I'm coming from. And, and I'm just going to close them off. Actually, you cap potential right there. But I, I loved his intention. And he leans over again. He says, Mark, what are you doing here? Mark, what are you doing here? But the last time, he leans over and he says, Mark, come here, come here, come here, come here. Like a loving father, just come here. He didn't knock me upside the head and say, you dummy, you don't understand. Like, no, 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 just come here. And he would ask me a series of questions that are simple but powerful. As I reflect now, this is 20 plus years ago. Uh -huh. And as I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm getting chills right now because, again, the emotions goes back to the day he told me. So he, he, he asked the series of questions beginning, Mark, Mark, what are you doing here? Eating lunch. See, Mark doesn't get it yet. And he asked me, Mark, you, you were born here? Yes. You know English? Yes. You graduated? Yes. You went to the military? Yes. Marx doesn't have a clue what the heck Don Oliver is trying to do. And then he leans forward just a little bit more and says, come here, come here. About this time, Sam, I could see his beautiful green eyes. And he says, Mark, ¿qué estás haciendo aquí? Este trabajo para el burro. Mark, what are you doing here? This job is for the donkey. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. As a Hispanic, bro, those are them, them like fighting words. What the heck are you doing here? You a donkey? You calling me a donkey? Now, why didn't I? Why why didn't anger rise up? Why, why didn't pride rise up? None of that didn't rise up because it was truth. It was truth. See, Don Oliver saw something in me that I didn't even see myself because I was familiar. I was comfortable after seven years doing the same thing. Every single day, waking up like a robot, build scaffolds, build five, tear down two, build five, tear down three. Every single day. Some of you listening, you may have gotten to the point where you're familiar, mm -hmm. you're comfortable. And my challenge questions to you is, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Fast forward. I went to school. I had the amazing opportunity to serve um, and, and for 12 years for the U.S. Department of Labor, OSHA, um, I became an entrepreneur, speaker, co-author two books, all because one individual one day took the time to see potential and asked the powerful question, 
as a coach, as a coach. Okay, he, in all right, he, he could have said, you know, what, after the first quarter, dude, don't get it, man. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna close you out. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll forget you, Mark. <laughs> just like many of us do. You don't, he don't get it. He, what do we do? We close him out because we don't see value. I love what my mentor says. He says, place a ten above the individual and hold that image. Hold that image. See, if I would, if even I said no the first time, the second time, the third time, he still saw me as a ten. Why? Because he saw value. You can't see potential, but you have to see. You have to see value first. You have to see value first. I share that story because I am here as an entrepreneur, sitting across an individual, Sam, as an entrepreneur, making it happen. <laughs> Guys, I hope you liked what Mark Hernandez had to say. The next one is with Natalia Castillo. In this segment, Natalia talked about mental health and how she had a mental breakdown and collapsed. She learned a lot on how to be grateful with life and to appreciate the smaller things. And that led to Natalia to create Fire You Up, a program to help women overcome mental and self-care. There's a uh, depression is not only not talked about in the Latin culture, in a lot of cultures, depression is people, us as people, us as, you know, as a, as a society, we just don't talk about depression a lot. We don't talk about anxiety. We don't talk about mental, mental health that much. I mean, I, I understand that there's been some shine, uh, some, some light that's been shined lately, recently, but, uh, but that's something that nobody talks about, right? Because we all have our own battles that we, that we fight and, and you're, you're correct, you know, uh, people don't talk about it. So that, is that what led you to starting Fire You Up? Yes, absolutely. So back in 2008, um, I was dealing with a lot of stress. I had a lot of jobs. I had my school. I had a lot going on in my life. And I wasn't really taking care of myself that much. Um, I actually got diagnosed with a clinical depression. I didn't understand what was happening with me. I didn't understand anything. I was like, what are the symptoms? I didn't want to get out of bed. I did. I couldn't focus. There were a lot of different things that I was very confused about until there was a point that I completely collapsed. And I remember calling my dad back in Colombia and telling him, you know what, like, thank you for everything you've done. It, it's time for me to go. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, he's always known me for being happy and, and so excited about everything that he was like, something is really wrong. So my brother and my sister and came home rescued me literally from that apartment put me on the first flight back to Colombia and I was in Colombia for a full year recovering I had to quit my school quit everything that I was doing here but that year of my life completely changed my outlook and how to be more grateful for having a good day for taking care of your mind and your body so I highly recommend for people that are going through depression that are dealing with anxiety to take it seriously and to really understand that there is hope that if you take care of your body and your mind, you are going to be fine. There are elements and things that you got to do in order to get out of that. Um, I strongly believe that my faith, the support of my family, medicine, I did have to take medicine to get out of it, and also fitness and nutrition was the one that got me out of my depression. When I had the opportunity to come back here and see the world in a different light and feel good and wake up and, and be thankful for my mind, that's when I knew that that was my purpose and the reason why God me allowed me to do that. So during the pageant seasons, there were a lot of women that would go through the program, grow and really 
like expand their their vision and everything but there were other women that would apply for the pageant not so much for the crown or the sash but they wanted to learn about mental health they wanted to grow themselves and this is where i knew that something else had to happen and fire you up was born uh, is a program six-week program that uh, we open to all women of all nationalities of all ages to focus on mental health and self-care nice so uh, when you you said that that you were at your worst how does someone find out you know i'm having a depression or i'm depressed or i'm not feeling the way best i mean how i mean is it i i just don't know i mean i've never experienced it you know i might be sometimes i mean i wake up I'm like man i'm just not feeling it oh you know i'm sad about something but you know i just i'm you know i I can't relate because I've never had depression or to deal with depression. Mm -hmm. People, normal people, you know, usually normally people might be depressed about something and it might be because they're having a sad moment or something Correct. versus somebody who has that mental health challenge, right? Who is clinically depressed or, you know, has that for long periods. So, I mean, how does... I mean, how does, yes. how does one find out? Yeah, I... Uh, that's a really good point. How you do we differentiate... I'm depressed for one day because <laughs> something, you know, happened, yeah. something happened. My boyfriend broke up with me, or my girlfriend broke up with me, or you know, or, or my or my boss didn't give me that promotion. Versus, <laughs> I'm depressed with yes. life. Yes, and, and that's something that I had to learn the hard way. Just like you, I had never experienced it before. So when people would tell me, oh, I'm depressed or depression, anxiety, I didn't understand it because I never went through it until that happened. And I, re I really think that the difference is every human beings go through something difficult. They, they get sad days, we get you know bad days, but the main thing is watching for those, those symptoms. And when they become something that's a long time, weeks, of, of symptoms you gotta really act and get to know yourself mm -hmm. and that's what fire you up is so important is because it gives these women the opportunity and the knowledge to know themselves once you know yourself and you know your triggers and you know something's off you gotta listen to that mm -hmm. because depression is something that can go down south very quickly and that is very hard to get out of it once you're in a deep moment you might have to do uh, the medicine and the other elements that I told you that you need to get out of it. But I would say watch for those symptoms. If they last more than a week, it's understandable. If you broke up with your boyfriend and you're sad for a week, that's normal. However, make sure that you don't sink and continue sinking and sinking until uh, the chemicals in your brain change completely and then it's too late to get out of it. You know, one thing you said that, you know, um, deal with depression through health and fitness. And, and I mean, you know, it's proven from science when you work out, your body creates endorphins, endorphins make you happy, all that other stuff. How did you experience it? Yes, yes, I can tell you that working out and eating healthy is my medicine. I, after I experienced the clinical depression, I was in treatment for a full year, however, I don't have to take actual yeah. medicine anymore. But the doctor told me one thing that will always stick to me, he said, your workout uh, routines and your eating healthy will be what keeps you going and what keeps you healthy. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you enough. The days that I don't work out, I completely feel down. And I, I know that there is, um, I'm more prone to depression, so I have to stay on top of it. And I really think that there is a huge opportunity for all humans to use their resources and natural resources of working out and eating healthy. And that changes the way you feel. It changes the way you connect to other people and also the way you look as well, which is, gives you confidence. Which gives you confidence. I, I totally agree. Working out, you know, the, like the day I don't work out, 
it it, it kind of you know my mood is a little different yes. but you know what eating healthy is so hard for me. <laughs> I think I, for all of us I love eating bad <laughs> it is yeah food sometimes we get like an emotional connection with food yeah. and it makes us feel good for a moment and then you look at yourself it, in the mirror bad. or your mood changes because of all that grease or uh, the sugar and all of that stuff but yeah. there is a big correlation with food and your brain uh, chemistry so when we eat well we feel a lot better when we drink water we feel a lot better than when we drink alcohol absolutely so there's a lot of triggers that people are not aware of or maybe daily habits that we do that we don't know are affecting our mental health. This one is with Gilbert Sosa. I spoke to Gilbert about mistakes that he learned from being an entrepreneur. But Gilbert don't look at them as mistakes, more like lessons. Because once it didn't work out, the first or second time, he finds a way to not make those mistakes again. What is uh, What are some of the mistakes that you have made that, that you're like, I wish I would have made it, or you know what, that taught me something. Yeah, honestly, I, even with mistakes, like I look at them all as lessons because I make decisions and I know that when I make them, like I can't regret them because I'm gonna learn from them. And I only make decisions that I know I'm going to not regret. So that's just after making certain decisions in the past that like I was like, damn, I shouldn't have done that. But right now, I guess you could say mistakes is like, it's really weird, but I feel like I have, sometimes I set too high expectations for things and it's better to not set expectations like for like things because, because you'll become disappointed. It's better to set goals, mm -hmm. but expectations in the moment of like, even like how people are going to react, what you think people are going to like, like that, all that is very emotion driven when you're working with that many people and young people as well. Cause the people I work with are mostly like, 18 to 25 mm -hmm. so it's a very it's still a developing phase of people adapting to the space you know and, and also social media a very new space so i guess one of the biggest mistakes i made is like like kind of assuming in a way of how people are going to react when like i would i should just wait another one too is not like giving to people too much of a say if you want to put it that way because if they're becoming in the project for you and they say yes to you because they're putting like their basically their life on the line for you for the moment. It's because they trust you in a way. Mm -hmm. So you have to make those decisions sometimes that they're just going to adapt to because they're there. They want to be there. If not, they wouldn't be there, you know? And sometimes I'm like super like considerate and I'm like, what do you think? What do you think? But when it's nine people, eight people, you can't do that all the time because everyone can have a whole different opinion, a whole different viewpoint. And you'll get nothing done at that point. And you gotta make, you gotta be able to make the decision. Decision, yeah. And now, like, I was really hard about that, like, like before. But honestly, after a year of like what happened last year, it really like kind of numbed me in many ways. And I had to like, re like reaffirm all those things. I was like, oh wow, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be doing this. Shouldn't be doing this. And it's not even because you want to like be like the person that says like the boss or whatever, but it's because you just want to get shit done <laughs> you know what I mean? and it's your responsibility i mean you know a lot yeah. of people don't understand and don't realize that when they're the boss i mean it comes with responsibilities yeah i mean and one of the responsibilities is to be able to make the decision and because you want to get shit done because not, you get shit not because done. you want to like Stop. have the power and all that uh, i i tell people already in the house if i wanted if i wanted to be the power i wouldn't and have the most power in the house right now i wouldn't be doing a content house 
Yeah. I actually have a business right now, like a whole different business that I know also is not as high risk as a content house. Yeah. You know? And some people still don't believe it, but I keep saying, I'm like, trust me, like I would have a whole other type of business and I would be able to have a whole other type of business. You know? I, I, I want to ask, you said content <laughs> house is high risk. What, what kind of risk uh, is it? I mean, number one, you're depending off an algorithm to really push your content. Yeah. And if the algorithm doesn't like it, you're done. You're done. Literally, you're done. Because it might just be because you were three months early or you were three months too late, too late. or you're a day too late or you're a day too early. So that's the high risk that I see there. Number two, people change. Even when they follow you, their likes change, their interests change every single day. So just because they're following you now doesn't mean in two months you're going to be interested in following you still. So it's one of those things that like you have to capitalize on it as you're going. And one of the ways to capitalize on it obviously is is like the experience of people and what they're learning. Because yeah. the number one takeaway from all these houses, from every single person that's in it, is the, is the knowledge. Yeah. And you can't, and when you're in this type of environment, there's literally no way to put the price on it because there is no college that exists for this right now. It's yeah. literally developing as we're doing it, as we're talking about it. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, but I want to be, be respectful of your time and, yeah. I, I, and I'm glad that you made some time for yeah. me. Uh, but we are getting, to, you know, I'd like to keep these. We can come back. It's hours. okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I would love to have you back yeah. as, a, as a guest. In a month. In, <laughs> at least definitely in a month or two months, you know, once you once you launch that other yeah. Uh, other house. Yeah. But, tell you know, we're getting towards the end of the show. First of all, I want people, I want you to tell people if they want to know more about you, if they want to fo follow you, where can they find you at? At Gilbert Sosa, literally all around. It's whatever you'll find it. And, Google and whatever. Then, and then what at the house also? At the house, it's literally all over my social media, so you'll you'll see it on there. All right, definitely. That's all I post about right now. That's my content right now. <laughs> Gilbert, we, you know, as I, I asked this question to everybody towards the end of the show, mm -hmm. if today was the last day on earth, you let's say you ended up living a hundred years old, right? And but it's time to go meet your creator, and and it's time to go to the next world. And uh, someone brings you a pen and a paper because every content you made, you can't take it with you. You can't do nothing. Every book you wrote, every content you wrote, every movie you made is just, is gone. Mm. Now you have a pen and a paper and they say, Gilbert, leave this for your future generation, for the future world to remember you, to know you. It can be your three truths, something that, that you will leave for the world. Yeah. What, what will be those three, three things be? I guess... I would say it would be honestly like it sounds so cliche, but like not giving up. That's it. That's number one, not giving up. That's it. That's like it sounds so cliche, but it's so cliche. It sounds so cliche because not enough people do it still. Yeah. You want you mind expanding on it a little bit? Absolutely. I guess it just goes back to like whatever it is, like even if it doesn't work, if you don't give up, it's gonna take it's gonna take you to your next step. Like, like just you being super ambitious and not giving up, like, like you have to fail like a hundred times or sometimes you don't have to fail a hundred times. You can fail two times and the third time will be the charm, you know? I, so I feel like you said not giving up because yeah. you have a personal, uh, yeah. it, it, it sounded too personal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, it's because like we all have our things that we go through in life, but you can't, you can't let that define you. Because if you let it define you, you basically it's like giving up. You have to build. You have to. You have to write your own story. And the only way to write it is to like, to like not give up. Because when you don't give up, you learn from those experiences of like, whatever that 
whatever that background is to to take you to that next step for me it's been for me it was like growing up as like a first gen in a way basically and like not having a supportive like 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 not 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 a supportive like like morally but like just in many ways resources and stuff like that growing up where like i was i could have gone a whole different direction in my life but i i but i always knew like seeing just the instincts and in like my family that they never gave up even if it wasn't enough that like that fueled me to like i was like i just have to be smart that's it and it doesn't mean book smart it means how you move about society i really enjoyed talking to yellow pain i spoke to yellow pain about the youth and how they glamorize what's on social media and trying to live up just to try to live up to what they see on the internet and if you want those things you have to work for it and not go down the wrong path to get those materialistic things so yellow pain gives out an example for the youth to make some money the right way let's listen to yellow pain and what he has to say yes i mean you know i think it's our civil responsibility you know uh, you know just to make sure that we tell people hey you know what you know but yeah of course those those jordans look good but you know what do you got to do and don't go towards the wrong path mm -hmm. because that one wrong turn you know can can take you from you know one way to other i mean you know I, they always show or, or i mean you know you probably hear all the time man about a 15 or 16 or 17 year old kid mm -hmm. made that wrong turn yeah. in life because they wanted that gold chain or they wanted that that those fancy shoes or exactly or those fancy and, then, and i try to tell people like you don't gotta you don't gotta lose your swag or lose your character like you can still get the stuff but just don't make it don't make your whole priority in life to keep up with that stuff like <clears throat> like some kids they do have like where their parents to do whatever they can to get them a pair of jordans like and spend like 250 dollars on a pair of shoes and i'm like if you really think about that that's $250 on one pair of shoes. You give about two, three weeks of wearing that consistently, they done with. Ask them, can I get that $250? Mom, I really want to really get some T-shirts, and I really want to, um, you put a, something powerful on a T-shirt, uh, Black King or something, and you sell it to your friends for $10 a piece. You get 50 shirts, sell them for $10, $10 a piece. Now you got... Uh, five hundred dollars now you could go buy the jordans and now you still got the 250 to go buy some more shirts yeah but you, you know you know, you know I mean? yellow paint one thing yeah. that we, we we live in this superficial world exactly and i mean you know people and i mean you know i'm not gonna just blame the media i'm not gonna blame you know people who make this fake world or social media yeah you know that they only talk about two percent of their life and not talk about the 98 percent or yeah. talk about five percent of their life and not talk about 95 percent but what it does is that, you know, kids or younger people, the younger generation, they're very, you can mold them. You can mm -hmm. mold their heads, their mind and stuff. And I mean, that's why there's a lot of people nowadays, you you know, especially now more than ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, when I was growing up, it was only the Jordans, right? Yeah. Well, now it's the Louis and the Pradas. Yeah, the it's just getting more expensive. <laughs> it's getting more and more expensive. Yeah. I mean, you know, those Gucci. <laughs> Shoot, Gucci shoes—they're not cheap. Exactly, six, seven, eight hundred bucks. Exactly. Right? And and I mean, you know, I, I mean it, I mean it pains me, you know, mm -hmm. seeing what you know what people do and you know what uh, what what, is that, what are their priorities. But you know, if we need people like you who can tell people, hey, with the entrepreneurial mind, mm -hmm. get the two fifty and flip it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't do that because it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. And you know, us as a as a society or us as people. 
we run away from hard things. <laughs> you know, yeah. we like easy. Yeah. You know, we, we, we like something that will come right, right to and, us. And that's because success is projected as easy you know um like you said even especially even with social media like you got people that just showing their life on the beach they just showing they're not showing the the hours that they putting into uh marketing ads and e-commerce they're not showing the details of the, of the grind they're just only showing the lifestyle and people the glory yeah and, and kids buy into that and they think it's that easy and they want it that easy that fast this episode was one of the most comical ones to me and most interesting one with Gentry Kelly. I laughed so much when I was interviewing Gentry Kelly. In this clip, I asked Gentry about some advice for up-and-coming entrepreneurs, and she spoke about how it's important to have a support system when you grow your business because it's not possible to run it all alone and how focused she is and the tricks she uses to hit her goals. What are some of the advices that you will give to somebody who's a, to be a, you know who wants to be an aspiring entrepreneur? I mean, you've been in business now ten years. I mean, that's a milestone. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and you learned a lot. You know, I told somebody the other day. I'm like, I'm like, I didn't, I didn't finish, I didn't finish college, but I've probably, I've probably paid more than three Harvard degrees. You know, <laughs> with with all the with all the mistakes I've made. You know, yeah. so I mean, what is some some uh, advice you can give to aspiring entrepreneurs or people who want to be in their own business mistakes that you made that they sh that they you know you they should avoid or lessons that you learned from in your life yeah the support system that i had from my friends i don't think i could have made it without that because they worked for free in the beginning they helped me label the makeup they helped me glue the makeup into the compacts like having friends and your support and, and asking for help i'm not the kind of person to ask for help they offered their help but ask for help from your family and friends. You got it. You got. You can't pay all the labor if you don't have an investor. You can't be paying all these things out in the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So because my friends helped me do all that, uh, I paid my friends fifty dollars a day to do that launch party with me. That's nothing. That's not even like their parking money, right? Yeah. But because I had that support system helping me in the very beginning, making connections, really pushing myself on social media, working every single day, not taking a day off, and not paying myself. Mm -hmm. I think people start to pay themselves too soon instead of reinvesting it back into the business. Mm -hmm. As soon as they make their first dollar, they're like, "Ooh, where am I going to spend it?" You can't. You can't live like that. Yeah. You can't live beyond your means. You know what I mean? I always lived well below my means so I could afford to do more for my business. Right? For every two good ballistic I sold, I bought two more. That was more important than paying myself. And I know not every person in every situation can have the service base and the product base and have it s sustain each each business. Right? It just kind of worked for me. That was a good recipe for success for me. Mm -hmm. um, but just getting out there and hustling and not taking no for an answer. You know, and figuring shit out. Most people, Sean said to me, he goes, the reason why you're going to succeed and all your employees, I think that they're going to go start their own makeup line. Five of them already tried. Still trying. He goes, they're not going to do what you do. Because when most people come to a roadblock, you find a way around it. They don't. They stop. They get frustrated. They give up. Mm -hmm. So finding a way around the roadblocks and not taking no. If someone says, oh, you can't do that, but why? You tell me, I need to know, but why? Mm -hmm. And research ways around it or to innovate and find a problem and solve it, Right. Everybody knows XYZ is frustrating, right? Find a solution to that frustrating problem and you're an instant millionaire, right? But you got to just keep pushing through it. Gentry, I got to commend you. You know, one thing that, you know, we, we both share this thought process, like, you know, reinvesting in your business, you know, sell a piece of, sell a, you know, sell a lipstick, buy two, you know, buy two more or, or sell something, you know, and reinvest in your business, build your inventory, mm -hmm. uh, you know, make sure that the customer has a better experience all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, technology like you like you mentioned earlier, you want to have an app that that does all kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what make a real business 
you know, a business versus a, a hobby, uh, you know, or people who are in the business to make a paycheck. They just, when they start yes. their business because they just want to make sure that they buy a job. Well, right? shockingly, it's not about the money to me. Yeah. It's about the numbers, but it's not about the money. And um, Dave Chappelle said this <laughs> one time when I was watching him in person, right when he came back, right? He's like, I just realized before I had the breakdown, I'm at the same restaurant eating the same motherfucking steak that this guy's eating. I have 50 million, he's got 500 million. We eat in the same motherfucking steak. Yeah. And that's kind of what it's like. It's, there's really no difference whether I have a million in my bank account or 10 million. The, the only difference is the private jet situation. Besides that, there's no difference. To me, it's more about show, proving to myself that I can do it. And I think it's because I didn't have a really great, like I have a little bit of daddy issues, you know, never feeling like I was good enough and always trying to prove myself. I think I was kind of born that way, right? And then getting passed up for that promotion at Neiman's, right? I was always trying to prove myself. And then when I started my own makeup line, little bitches at the counter were like, she ain't never going to be successful. I don't know why she's wasting her money, her time. She ain't going to be nothing. Watch me, bitch. Watch me, Nene, because I'm going to do it. And I did it. And it's constantly trying to prove to myself, like, why do I think that I can't sell my business for $800 million? What's holding me back? What's the reason why I can't do it? There is not a reason. I can't come up with a reason. I just got to fucking work harder and find ways to be more innovative. And don't watch what my competitors are doing. Don't worry about what my ex-employees are doing. They don't matter. They're never going to be me, right? No one's ever going to work as hard as me. And that's okay. I need to focus on me and, and put the blinders on. I don't even look. People say, what's, what's the trend this season? I don't give a fuck what the trend is. I do what I want to do, right? Because I'm not watching everybody else. I'm watching me. And I focus on me. And all the other stuff is white noise. Exactly. And so I think staying focused is really important too. And you can't be getting tied up in family drama or friend drama. If anyone causes drama in my life, you get cut out. I don't care if you're family blood or not. You get cut the fuck out because I don't have time for that. Right. That, and that's, that's a good, that's a good recipe for, you know, staying on track guys. Eduardo Adame was one of my favorite stories. The rag to riches stories from Eduardo was a great one. I'm taking this a clip from Eduardo and what we talk about how to pick your passion and sticking with it. It's fine to make extra income by doing side hustles, but if you're trying to grow your business, you need to focus on that and not spread yourself thin by trying to manage businesses that will ultimately hurt your main business if you're not careful. Me and Eduardo really agree on the same philosophy. Let's listen to this, what Eduardo has to say about this philosophy. But I could see that so like you need to pick a job, you need to pick your passion, and become the best at what you are. Don't, don't spread around. You know, I have a lot of clients that, that go, oh, I'm not going to do surveys and appraisals and title and this. You're not going to do any of them well. My take is that just pick what drives you, what gets you up in the morning with, with, with passion, and go for it and become the best at it. There's always room for improvement. Yeah, have, you're talking about have a main dish and, and eat that. I, I, look, I, I have nothing against side hustle, right? Oh, well, I can make a little money opportunity. Comes. For sure, for okay, sure. that's fine. You know, but but having a main business, my my whole idea, my whole ideology is... We'll have one business, excel at that business, right. focus on that. Don't spread yourself too thin because you only have 24, like, you know, you have said that earlier before, you only have 24 hours a day. Right. How are you going to apply them? How are you going to apply them? And oh, if you have six sure. businesses, it's like they need six attention. I mean, it's just like having six girlfriends, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is it? Is it one for Monday, one for Tuesday? <laughs> you rest on Sunday. <laughs> right, right. None of them will like you. It, it, they're going to be married work. to somebody else, by the way. It doesn't work. 
Yeah, that, that that doesn't work. I agree. Become the best at whatever you choose. There's no right or wrong answer to whatever drives you, right? Yeah. But once you find that passion, give it all you got. Because I guarantee you, you can try all your life, you know, thriving for perfection. You're never going to achieve it, but you can never stop trying. And there's always going to be the next guy who comes along and starts doing your business better than you. Exactly. You got to be on top of it. So, so... Again, let's talk about this 24 hours. What, is, what do you believe in 24 hours? I am super uh, passionate about that. Like time has always been so valuable to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 I adore my children and, and my family. And so I have to make sure that I put the time in there because otherwise if he was, I would just be working and working and working and creating and, So I have to physically stop myself. You know, I'll give you an example. If, I, if I'm in my home office on a, on a Saturday working and, and I'm focused, you know, I have my coffee. I love coffee. <laughs> so I have my coffee. I close my doors. I, this is daddy working time right now. You know, we'll play in a little bit. But when I'm working, I'm working. I go outside uh, to refill my coffee and, and my wife starts talking to me when I'm in my, my mode. <laughs> I, I stop her story right in the midst. Like, you know what? I, I want to talk about this. We'll talk tonight, but I, I'm in a mission right now. Let me finish this, and then we'll continue this story. I'm so focused. I get up in the morning. I work out. I got to take care of my health. Because if I don't work out, I feel like I, I my day goes wrong. Uh -huh. So that's another thing that I highly recommend, and we'll talk about that in, in, a, in, a, in a little uh, more detail in a little bit because the importance of working out to me is, is essential. Um, and every minute of the day matters to me, you know? So even when I'm having fun with my friends and we're in a, on a Sunday, I have this part of me that I feel like even though I'm having a blast with my friends, I'm not using my time to the best I could. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes, it does. And, and I don't like it. I'm not saying it's, it's great. I, I, I'm more of the live the moment, enjoy the, the, what you have in front of you. I, I agree on that. I believe on all of that. I'm just saying, me personally, I always have that on the back of my head that I need to be creating something. Yeah. I cannot sit around. I don't understand people that sit and watch TV for hours or, or even play golf. I, 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 if I'm playing golf, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Guys, I hope you enjoyed every single guest and what they had to say. These are just some highlights I took from some of the past interviews. We will do the same on the next episode. Please be you know stay in tune and listen to my next episode which will be episode number 190 and we'll have some highlights from other guests also don't forget to check out 190 and i hope you enjoyed 188 if you listen to us on apple podcast please subscribe to us please rate us review us as your ratings and reviews really really help us reach other people Thank you for supporting Make Shit Happen Podcast. Thank you for listening to us. Now let's go out there and make shit happen.